Blog Talk Radio. Maybe a mom 
want, had some expectations of dad that were never met. And she carried around a cargo load of anger and bitterness directed at dad, but never got divorced. So she was always either bad-mouthing dad or maybe dad was bad-mouthing mom, and you were exposed to it. You never forget. You know, sometimes if we... go through that, there is pain that's associated with it. But in reality, in reality, the environment that we are raised in as a child becomes, and what I'll call quote-unquote normal. In other words, that's what we're exposed to. That's what we see. We may see no different, we may believe that this is the way it is. As an example, I was raised in a home that was considered a closed house. My uh, mom and dad uh, ran a bar, and we were, um, there was always money around upstairs in my dad's bedroom and so on, and he never wanted anybody to get their hands on any of the, the money that was there. And uh, People didn't come to the house. Uh, there was a lot of drinking that went on. Um, there was a lot of secrecy that went on in my home where we never disclosed information to others about our life or our home. Uh, my sisters and I had two of them. By the way, I lost my sister in July, my oldest sister, and what a loss. What a loss. She was a wonderful gal, 67 years old, aneurysm. I honestly, as I said before, I do not deal with loss very well, and losing her was uh, a tremendous loss for me, and I know it's going to take me a long time to recover. I've had a lot of losses in my life. And... So I grew up believing certain things were just normal. And watching my relation watching the relationship between my mother and father and if anyone watches their relationship between their parents, what they're going to find is that what they observe, they take with them for the rest of their life. So if there's secrecy if there is lying, if there's fighting, if there's um, problems with um, uh, just intimacy within the framework of the relationship, that's what you observe. That's what you observe. And and that becomes your benchmark for um, what you believe a relationship is about, at least initially at least initially. And you move out into life. And there's a point in time that people get to, and I'm not even sure what it is. I, I can give you some benchmarks. I know that 10 years old, a uh, a youngster goes through something that I call mental puberty. And you've heard me speak about this before. That's when they lose the fear of disagreeing with their parents. That's when they start to have, you know, experiencing some of the, uh, or wanting to experience some of the independence that goes along with that age. That's one benchmark. Uh, teenage years is they try to experiment and, and move on and uh, and enlarge on that um, that independence. They begin to make their own mistakes. And... Uh, so there are times in our lives uh, where things, our minds become awakened to many things that have that have happened to us uh, within the framework of our childhood. And I've often said that relationships are either going to bring out the best or the worst in us. 
So if the things that we observed revolved around lying, uh, distrust, jealousy, envy, anger, and so on, and those things were brought out in the relationship that you observed in your mother and father, the chances are real good that when you get into a relationship, those things will be brought out again, and you will begin to experience those things in a relationship. And this is why I say relationships are forever. No matter what relationship a person gets themselves into, the thought and the remembrance of it will last a lifetime. So now, you as or me as a young person decide that you're going to date and you begin to date you know people that are familiar to you and if you observe the worst being brought out in your parents the relationship that you enter into could bring out the worst in you so you may have levels of secrecy. You may have levels of, of uh, uh, non-trust. You may have levels of, of, um, uh, of uh, jealousy. Different things will start to come out in the relationship. And it is extremely difficult after a period of time while a person is in a relationship to decide that they're going to break off the relationship. Now, there's a rule of thumb here. There is a rule of thumb. And the rule of thumb goes something like this. If a person forever, if a person is married, every 10 years that they are in a relationship takes one year to recover after a divorce. So that means if you're married for 30 years, it takes you three years to recover. Now, it could take less. It could take more. But healing from from uh, from a, an injured spirit and injured emotion is much harder to do than healing from an injured bone. And I'm going to tell you why. Because a bone will heal and the pain will go away physically. And then once you get get to the point where you can move your arm or your leg without pain, it's like it never happened. But emotions that are injured during the course of a relationship that you may be in, they may heal to a degree, but your remembrance of them stays. So all you have to do is to begin to think of the relationship again, whether it be good or bad. I know myself, uh, while in a relationship, I have always thought of the good things that have gone on within the framework of a relationship and how wonderful it was when I was in it. So if I begin to think of a past relationship that I had with anyone that could be a man or a woman i become very melancholy and depressed if i was dramatically hurt in the relationship which has happened as well i become more um angry when i think of what happened or i i begin to get down on myself and think about my own stupidity maybe in staying too long in a relationship. And these things are very, very recent. Uh, the, these uh, things that have gone on are very recent within the framework of my life. I mean, I've been divorced for 10 years, and I've had one long-term relationship in there, and I've had a few short little things that have gone on. Um, and uh, I'm in one right now, which I'm going to talk about. <clears throat> but the the idea that your emotions heal Things may get enough in the distant past with you, mentally, that you you don't you don't begin to think of them again. But they're always right there. They're always in your head. They're always 
there's always something that could that a a song could trigger a thought between um a thought that you had uh about a, a relationship that you had uh maybe 5 years ago an event you could visit an area that you were at with a person uh there's a lot of different things that that go on and um the idea that that we can heal those emotions and heal that spirit uh quickly is false now one year for every 10 that you're married 30 years means 3 years so it's like 10% it's a little bit different when you're in a short term relationship because the intensity of a short term relationship and the insecurities that go along with a short term relationship and the idea, and there, and you you begin to get some traction and some momentum in that relationship and maybe you become intimate in that relationship physically and you're in that relationship for all say a year for a year it takes about 50% of the time that you were in the relationship to recover because of the fact that everything was so damn good and it may have just been one event that caused the relationship to be dissolved and you're not in it anymore. And also, it could be that you were in a relationship with a person and you were madly in love with them. But you you know deep down, for some reason or another, you just didn't feel the commitment coming from them. And in this world of online dating, where people can meet each other, you know, every evening if they want and they never have to leave their computer, you could begin to form multitudes of relationships, you know, in a in a very short period of time. And you could you could date and you can date another person and you can date another person and you can date all kinds of people within the framework of of um the the dating scene. You could you could date tons of people, but if you're if you find a person that you would like to be with over a, the long haul, you don't know what their thought process might be, and they may still stay online looking for other people to date. Who knows? Who knows what they might be doing? You'll know if the relationship between you and a person is is any good. You'll know, okay, if a relationship between you and another person is any good, okay, based upon a few things. Number one, you talk during the day. In this this age of cell phones, talking during the day is simple. It's just a matter of, hi, how are you? You'll text each other during the day. You won't be able to stop thinking of each other during the day, and you'll be planning to do things when you have free time. Those types of things are are the are the hallmarks for a relationship that's slowly moving toward commitment, where you want you just want to talk and be with each other and spend time with one another. And you and you can feel it. You can feel the connection between you and another person. There is nothing more difficult than when one person has the desire to be in a relationship and the other person doesn't. And it borders on begging. It borders on begging. It, it, it's like you'll do anything to make the relationship work. Meanwhile, the person that you're with doesn't want the relationship to work or they're too afraid to give it a chance. And that happens. And that happens. But all of what happens 
is a result of the baggage that we carry with us throughout the course of our lives from the relationship that we observed when we were children and the experiences that we have when we're children. As an example, a person could be raised in a very, very... um, I'm not going to say poor environment, but I'm going to say a ver- an environment that's that's um, questionable in terms of money, whether or not there's enough money to go around all the time. And they may have a very, very scarce mentality. And to some people, money is love. Money is love, and money just makes things a lot easier okay, to manage. It doesn't mean it's the only thing that that makes a relationship work. It's one of the things that does, because there's no better feeling than being financially secure. I think everyone would vouch for that, but that's that's also relative to the type of lifestyle that you want to live. If you always have to have a thousand dollars in your wallet and you have to plan a vacation continuously, and and you and you want to do things and when you when you go to Costco you spend $300 every time you go um and if you don't get things you're cranky or and if you're afraid that you're not going to have the lifestyle that you want in this economy right now I don't unless you have wealth you're not going to have the lifestyle that you want you're not going to have it I'm sorry it it's just something that's not going to happen and it's a known fact that in um in divorced families each party who uh, the mother and the father the husband and the wife lose 30% of their income that's that's about the number they lose 30% of their income in the in uh, in the divorce so that means if dad was making 100 he's he's now making 70 this 30,000 goes somewhere else and if dad was making 100 that means that mom has also lost 30% of her income and she has to go and she and her income may have been zero so she's got to go out to work to make up the difference if she wants to live an independent life the interesting thing is that in many instances after after divorce, what starts to happen is that people look to others in order to make up the difference in the income. And they look to get financial security from a relationship rather than love. And that is and that is that that's a very common thing, especially as people get older and they move closer toward retirement. You get divorced at fifty. You're you're move and, and you're moving closer to closer to retirement. You don't have the time if you're a woman to make up that difference. So you basically might be looking for somebody who is a little bit more financially secure, okay, and who has money and can make up the difference for you. And sometimes men do it as well. Sometimes men do it as well. And that becomes a real problem and I'm gonna to explain to you why right after I just give you this call in number. The number to call in six four six five nine five four nine six five. My name is Jim Burns, and right now you're listening to Blog Talk Radio, and you are in Teacher Talk. Uh, please give us a call. Uh, the chat room. I've had trouble opening. I don't know what the problem is. Uh, do me a favor. Put the show in your favorites. Rate the show. Your feedback is important to me, and let other people know about this show. Uh, they can check it out in the archives if they're not already listening now. So we go through life, we get to a point uh, where we're involved in a relationship, and the relationship is based upon what we observed as children and what became important to us as children. Mothers, fathers could share with their children, make sure that there's plenty of money. Make sure that there's money around for you to for you to deal with. Uh, don't get involved with somebody that doesn't have money. 
Don't be involved with dreamers. Don't be involved with people that don't have um, uh, good jobs. Make sure that they're 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 going to college. You may mothers and fathers can create in a person a sense of scarcity, and if they don't, and sometimes the, the person who was who was getting married and who may be looking for financial security, okay, if that's all they're looking for, if that's what they're looking for, I hate to tell you, but that's all they're going to get. That's all they're going to get. They are going to be, you know, have a, a good lifestyle. Doesn't matter if their husband is out. Doesn't matter if the wife's working. Okay, doesn't matter if um, the husband doesn't come home till 8 o'clock at night. I'm going to tell you right now, I've seen situations, and this is absolutely true, absolutely true, where a, where a wife was upset with her husband because he spent so much time at work. That work all the time. Didn't do anything around the house. Did nothing. Yeah, um wasn't overly involved with the kids, but spent a lot of time at work, had his own business, brought home a bundle of money, um, went on trips, um, uh, had a um, uh, nice house, uh, all of the things that, that somebody wanted in terms of, of uh, finances was available to the, to the wife and to the husband and to the children. <clears throat> there was never a worry about money. So what happened was, okay, because of the upbringing, because of this idea that money was more important than the relationship, what started to happen was the the uh, the wife became financially secure, but emotionally she was a she was a wreck, and there may have been some cheating and other things that have gone on in there. Or what does she do? At 50 years old, she gets divorced, married for almost 30 years. She gets divorced at, at 50. Her and her husband go through the split. She ends up with some money. Uh, she ends up with some properties and so on. And now she has a reasonable amount of money. But it's not enough because it, she remember she lost about thirty percent. So now she doesn't have any dough, the same dough that she used to have. And when she re-enters into another relationship, the love, the affection, the the time that she wanted from her husband, all of those things which were so important. Okay don't matter because what is she looking for she's looking for the same type of lifestyle that she had she wants the money she wants to be able to have some type of security and anyone that comes along that that doesn't offer the security regardless of how much he shows his affection love trust commitment to the relationship it's still no good because she lost the money see the money was what was the most important thing And what she wanted when she was in the marriage, the love, the affection, the commitment, the involvement with children, and so on. Okay, what she was looking for in another relationship, okay, that got put on the back burner as well. Because the money, which was the most important thing to this person. I'm going to throw a word out to you. Or two words actually, and and this word is these two words are called rep, repetition obsession. Now remember I told you it takes somewhere around three years to recover from a thirty-year marriage. Doesn't mean it's going to take you three years to recover money. It means it's going to take you three years to get straightened out emotionally so you don't go through what's called repetition obsession. 
the repeating of the same behavior over and over again. And that's why people who get out of a marriage and don't spend the required time looking in the mirror and spend too much time using a magnifying glass to evaluate other people, they never realize that the, the people that they select, the, the healthiest person that they could select feels foreign to them, very foreign to them. They feel uncomfortable with it. If a person is giving uh, love and affection and attention and appreciation and affirmation to the person and has a minimal income, minimal income, but comfortable income, that will never be enough. That will never be enough, regardless of how well the person's treated, because they are that jaded by life. They're that jaded. So they repeat the same behavior so that they end up with somebody who makes money. Okay, they got money. Money's great. It's good to have. It helps with everything. But they still go through their life feeling unloved, unappreciated, unaffirmed, no affection, no attention. And they're wondering how they did this again. They did it again because relationships are forever. They are forever. You could be in love with the girl that you went to the junior prom with and you could be 50 years old because you had a relationship with that girl. You could you could be in love with your with your first wife, you can be in love with your second wife, you can be in love with your childhood sweetheart, you can be in love with anybody. Let me give you a, an example. And I'm going to uh, talk very frankly here. If you're in a relationship with somebody and um, you're in for two, three, four, five months, six months, whatever it is, and at some point you end up having um, sex with the person, that sex that you have with the person, and not that there's anything wrong with having sex with somebody, but the sex that you have becomes like duct tape. It's two-sided tape. And what happens is you have sex, and when you peel the tape off, when the relationship may end, what starts to happen is... Part of you stays with them, and part of them stays with you. You never get rid of the memory. You never get rid of it. You never get rid of the memory. You never get rid of of the thought. It's there. That's why, you know, kids, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old that have sex, it really does jade them, and it becomes very, very painful when they break up with the person that they're with if they've had sex. Is there anything wrong with having sex? No. Not at all. Is there something wrong with having sex in a relationship that you're that you're questioning? And a lot of times people will become committed in a relationship rather quickly, especially as you get older. Especially as you get older. Because you've experienced enough. Now, there are instances where somebody gets married at 20 and divorced at 50. And throughout the course of their marriage, their emotions were stifled. And they they are 50 years old now and they want to start to date again. But what they don't realize is there's growth that's needed to be able to have a healthy relationship with somebody. Because you could be 20 years old and enter into a relationship with somebody 
and be so immature that you that you can't manage something that's good something that's good and kind and gentle and caring and trustworthy you don't even know it it's foreign to you so your whole idea at 50 years old because everything looks so odd to you is to date a lot of people date numerous people go out see one see the other go out with another one thinking that that's what you need to do that's what you needed to do at 20 that isn't what you need to do at 50 what you need to do at 50 is something that is probably difficult to do but it's probably the best thing to do and I'll just use this as an illustration. If I if I date ten people, I give one-tenth of my time to each one of those ten people. How good is that? What are my chances of forming a relationship with any one of them? I mean a strong relationship, committed relationship, probably none. Now, people will say, well, maybe when you're dating that one person, you give 100% of your time to that one and attention to that one person. You might for that period of time, but you're always getting ready to give another uh, another 100% to somebody else. So, what's the answer to that? The answer to that is you date a person at a time. And, and like I said, with online dating right now, you can find one person to date. You could find a person to date and go out with them and enjoy your time with them. And if you follow what's called the 90-day rule, you can discover what you need to discover in 90 days. Very simple. 90 days, you'll know. That means you could you could literally date four people in a year and make a decision when you get through with the fourth one, what you want to do. You may date one person for 90 days, another one for 90 days. And oh, by the way, you're waiting to have sex for 90 days as well. Why? Because it makes it easier to break up. It's not hard. How hard could it be? Just say, you know, this isn't working out. we got to get going. That's the 90-day rule in a relationship. Now, how much memory is placed in your mind with a relationship like that? How much is actually placed in your mind having a good relationship like that? But most people don't do that. Most people don't do it. Most people, okay, enter into a relationship when they are in their 50s, after a long marriage that didn't work out, with the thoughts of what they didn't have in the marriage, place unreasonable expectations on the person that they're dating and expect them to meet all the needs that they had that were that weren't met within the framework of their marriage. And the pressure becomes unbelievable. And if you want to stay and let's just say after ninety days you you, you don't have the capacity to break up with the person what will what will happen what will happen is you will stay with them and make it far more difficult to break up very very hard people don't deal with loss well they really don't i've read enough online articles i've read enough information i've read enough 
I've experienced enough in terms of loss. I've had my children affected because of my divorce. I've had uh, my ex-wife, she was affected because of my divorce. I've had a long-term relationship that was in there for for uh, five or six years that was impacted, that still impacts me to this day. And I am in uh, a relationship right now with a absolutely wonderful person who doesn't doesn't have the capacity to commit. She and interestingly enough, she did commit. She did commit to the relationship at one point. She wanted to be in it. We were soulmates. We were together. We were partners. We 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 did all kinds of, of things together. We went away together. But for some reason or another, I was too foreign for her. I provided what she wanted outside of of her marriage after she was divorced and she was divorced for a year and she had and she was separated for a year and a half. So the interesting thing is she she had about two and a half years but only one year of divorce. So what does that tell me? She hasn't recovered from her marriage yet. I've been divorced for 10 years. So what happened? All of a sudden, after a period of time and well beyond 90 days, she begins to think, maybe there's something better out there. See, she got divorced. she got married when she was 20. She got married when she was 20 years old. And what started to happen was she started thinking, well, maybe there's something else better. Maybe I missed something. Maybe there was something that, you know, I didn't I didn't experience when I was 20 years old. Maybe I need to experience it now. And, of course, money was the issue at, um, you know, throughout her marriage. She always had plenty of money. There was, a, there was always plenty of dough. Uh, always all kinds of money around, and and she, she didn't she didn't feel as if there was going to be enough financial support on my end. Trying to regroup the thirty percent that she that she lost in her marriage, and she makes a decision that she really likes being with me great guy treat her well but because of her upbringing because of the upbringing because of the feeling of loss because of the feeling of I guess being somewhat impoverished with her father being an alcoholic and all kinds of other things Okay, what what happened was she took that with her. She got married at 20. Never lost those fears. Stayed married till she was 50. Still contending with it. What happens? She doesn't recognize love, affection, attention, and the relationships that she had were forever. They they are forever. She'll never get beyond it. Never get beyond a relationship she had with her mother. Never get beyond a relationship that she had with her father. Never get beyond a relationship she had with her ex-husband. And anything outside of that is foreign. Because the relationships that she had were forever. And are forever. And the relationship that she'll have with me that she has had with me or wherever it is right now will be forever. It is very difficult, folks, to contend with loss. I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it at all. And people who, who 
believe that they are good at it, who think that they're that they can they can bounce in and out of relationships and who think that they could date somebody for one, two, three years and not have it impact their entire life are wrong. And that's why relationships have to be made very selectively. Because I want to tell you something. <clears throat> once you once you fall in love with a person and once you develop that feeling that you you will miss them, you really enjoy their time. And another thing occurs is you become and this is a very, very rare thing, you become good friends with the person. And I don't mean outside of the relationship. You can, And folks, let me tell you one other thing here. Don't ever think that after you have slept with somebody that you can be friends with them because you can't. Can't. It's too difficult. But if you have been friends with the person and or are friends with the person and have a physical relationship and enjoy each other's time and feel secure within that relationship, those things that have developed are things that should should never be thrown away. They should never be thrown away. We have a very, very finite period of time in this world, a very small period of time in this world, okay, 70, 80 years old, whatever the case may be. Tomorrow I'm going to be 56 years of age, 56 years old. If I live till I'm 70, I got I got 60, I got 14 years left on this. Uh, live till I'm 70, I got 14 years left on this planet. Live till I'm 80, which I'm hoping that I do. I got a little more time. And I want to tell you, I have never seen a U-Haul on the back of a hearse. You can never take money with you. And even if a person does have money, within the framework of, of a, a relationship, okay, what you will miss is the person, not the money. I know many people who've had relationships in their lives who, once the relationship, with it, maybe there was a death, they didn't care about the money. They'll tell you that no amount of money mattered because they they could never bring the person back. All they wanted was the person. All they wanted was the the hand holding, the kissing, the attention, the affirmation, the appreciation. That's all they wanted, and the respect that went along with it, and the caring and the kindness. Those are the things that they miss. The life insurance policy sure is great. You got a life insurance policy? Okay, you get money? Here's the money. Now what are you going to do? Wherever your focus is, whatever you have taken from your childhood and what you have believed is important in your in your life is what you will get within the framework of a relationship. Nothing else. Nothing else. If you want attention, affection, and so on, and love and kindness and caring, if that's what's important to you, you will get that in a relationship. Difficulty is, what I said before, is the the idea that if that's not foreign to you, if that isn't foreign to you, you'll be able to find it. If something else is more important, like money, lifestyle, uh, and 
big homes and, and all the other things, that's what you'll get. And, and and if you have been in a relationship that lacked those A's that I talked about, attention, affirmation, appreciation, and so on, and you had money and that was important, and that's the thing you want replaced, that's what you're getting. You'll never get. You will never, ever get the things that you that you think are what was missing. It just doesn't work that way, folks. What you were brought up with, what was important to you, is what you'll end up getting for the rest of your life unless you realize that other things are more important. And this is a very difficult topic for me to talk about. Very difficult. It's one of the it's one of these topics that that are um, very. It's almost as if I, I can't take a, a completely objective view on it because of the fact that that I've I've seen what's gone on. I've seen what's gone on in my own life, and I've seen what's 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 called the repetition obsession that's gone on in the lives of others. Where they constant, and it's like kind of like a the Bible calls it a dog returning to his vomit. So does a man return to his folly, and they do. They do. They return right to the same stuff all the time. And that's where, and that's where they end up. See, they're they're too busy with the magnifying glass, and, and they don't have enough of the mirror. can be painful. It can be painful. If you're a baby boomer, your parents stayed married for a lot of reasons. Finances were one of them. If that's what you were exposed to throughout the course of your life, then that's what's important. Would I like to make a lot of money? You bet. Do I make a lot of money? Eh, I make a reasonable living. Have I protected the people that were in my care over the years, meaning my children? Yes, I have. That doesn't make me a bad guy. All that means is is my time was invested in caring for them. Now they're getting older, and it's time, as, as I've moved on, to experience a different type of a life. And you look at it in terms of, of, of what I've just said, and I almost have to recover financially because I have spent so much time caring for my kids, doing things for my kids, that I haven't left enough available for myself. But one thing I do know is that there is plenty of me left, plenty of me left, in terms of my love, my affection, my commitment, my desire, my kindness, my attention, and so on, to another person. And for some people, that's not enough. That isn't enough. And as you and, and as you move through life, understand that there are, there are there are those people. So, gentlemen, you can be the nicest guy out there who ends up divorced for who knows what reason. And if, and and if and if your income is is minimal, if you you come across a person who has difficulty, you know, with lifestyle. No matter how much you love them, you may have to say, I'll never be able to do it because they will beef, moan, complain, carry on, and so on. Oh, they will always love you as a person, but they'll never commit themselves to you. And they never will. And ladies, let me tell you something. If if you're a person who needs continuous flows of cash... 
find a guy that gives you a continuous flow of cash. But I caution you, that may be all you're going to get is a continuous flow of cash. Because that guy's got to work hard to make it. And if you want to be cared for, remember there are two ways a person can care for you. Financially and emotionally. And if you weren't emotionally cared for and you find someone that will care for you emotionally, sink your teeth into them. Because believe it or not, you can always make it. It'll always work when you have two committed people who really do love one another. Relationships are forever. Forever. And the amount of the amount of money that a person makes shouldn't matter. It shouldn't. But it does. In this world. And I've often said, hurt people hurt people. The person who gets hurt within the framework of their marriage will end up hurting somebody else. And it becomes a lot to bear. It becomes a lot to bear. And people need to realize what their needs are and go find somebody that's going to meet their needs. But once your needs are met, if that's what you were truly looking for, be happy with it. Be happy, just as happy with it on the in the 20th year as you were in the 20th day. Because it, it is something that is will never will never go away. See, all of those A's don't go away if you got a real good committed person on your hands. They do go away when the person dies, but that's it. This has been a very tough show for me to do. Very, very tough. Not something I like talking about. It's something that I've observed. It's something that I know occurs. And I, and I want everyone to be completely aware of it. Relationships are forever. And what you what you develop as a child and what you see as important, you will carry with you through your entire life. So what you want, you will get. My feeling, I'll take love and affection, attention, understanding, appreciation, and affirmation before I'll take any amount of money. I'll take a person that puts me in a position of a priority in their life, not an option. I will take that before I'll take money. What are you going to take? What matters to you? Where is your heart? You need to think about these things because they are that important. They are that important in terms of lifelong happiness. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Blog Talk Radio. I'll be back on next week. Check your schedule for the time. It's been a pleasure talking to you this morning.